Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another video game review. This one's going to be for God of War Ragnarok, which is available on PS4 and PS5, developed by one Sony Santa Monica Studios. I believe that's how you say their name. I'm your host Matthew, and uh, yeah, I'm going to start off spoiler-free, give you my general thoughts on the gameplay and the structure of the game and pacing and all that type of stuff. Um, and then we're going to get into spoilers later on. Uh, let's first go to our rating system. Um, we've got um, strong must see, sorry, strong must play. There's a video game. Uh, must play. Don't skip. Possible skip. Skip and then a hard skip. And uh, there's six of them. Um, I've landed on a don't skip for this one, which means that I think this is a good game that I recommend, but don't think that it's like. Something incredible. Um, it's interesting with this game because a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe about a month or so before this game came out, the developers did a uh, ten-minute video or something, and they showed off some new gameplay stuff. They talked about what they'd been working on, you know, that type of thing. And I liked the video. My excitement before that video was at about a seven out of ten. I thought, okay, this will be a good game. This will be a good game. But I don't know if it will be something great, something excellent. Then my excitement after watching that video, and the, the way that they talked about their process, which is something that I liked, um, went up to a uh, 9 out of 10. Um, and then, you know, what was it, a couple of weeks, maybe a week before the game comes out, um, the press reviews started to come out for this game. And, uh, you know, it was 9s and 10s and game of, game of the Year, Game of the Generation, all this kind of stuff. And if you're somebody who played this game and thought, you know, 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, Game of the Year, Game of the Generation, maybe the greatest game you've played, you know, all, all, the, all the big sort of words, that's great. Um, I just do not land in that category. Um, so what do, I, what do I like, what do I not like about this game? Um, there's certain things I actually can't talk about that I that I liked. That I, sorry, that I didn't like. But I uh, can't talk about um, some of that gameplay stuff uh, until we get to the spoiler section because obviously it involves spoilery things. Um, so yeah, when I had watched uh, the 10 minute gameplay um, video, well, it was, a, it was a gameplay video coupled together with developers um, from obviously Santa Monica Studios. Uh, talking about the process of the game and animations and, you know, f fan feedback from the previous game, from the 2018 God of War game. Um, and I liked a lot of what they showed. I liked a lot of, um, you know, the, the way they talked about their process of making the game and what they showed, some of the new stuff. So my excitement level at the time was about a 7 out of 10 and it went up to about a 9. Um, but... And then, you know, the game came out, um, couple, and then, you know, a couple of weeks before, about a week or so before that, the press review sort of stuff came out, and it said, you know, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, Game of the Generation, Game of the Year, PlayStation's Best Exclusive, all, all those sort of big headlines. And look, if you're somebody who goes away goes away and play this game, plays this game, and you think, you know, this was, a, this was an incredible experience, 9 out of 10, and it really grabbed you and really hooked you, I'm, I'm tired before you. Um, I just never quite had that level of an experience. 
Um, so where do I want to start with my positives and negatives? I'll, I'll get I'll get a couple of my negative things out of the way first. Again, there's there's one particular negative thing with the gameplay I want to talk about, but I can't do that. Like I said, until I get to the spoiler section. Um, I don't know if the, if this is a if this is a phrase that sounds like it makes sense, but it's the best way I can describe what are the, the way i'm thinking about how i'm feeling in terms of a particular gameplay aspect at points this game was a little bit too video gamey um and you might think well yes it's a video game matt of course it feels too video gamey i'll give you an example there's a section in this game and this happens more than a couple of times and it happened a few too many times where i was like okay you're doing this a bit too much and i played the game for 30 hours still and that type of thing. There was a point in the level. I won't. I won't give context as to what's going on within like the story and the characters. But you, you, you were playing as Kratos, and you had a companion with you, and you were attempting to go up this lift, this elevator of sorts, and you can't because there's an enemy on it that's blocking it. There's something that's blocking it. So the character says to you, "Hey, let's go round the side, go over to the enemy, kill it." Obviously, and then come back. And this game's got an interesting balance of three things cutscenes, gameplay, uh, so like combat gameplay, and then what I would call sort of like travel gameplay. And sometimes, like, you'll you'll be doing stuff in this game, right? Opening boxes, figuring out puzzles. And you'll have Mamir with you or somebody else with you. And they'll be talking about something as you're doing it, right? So either about the situation that's going on or Mamir will tell one of his tales. Or, um, Kratos will grunt or, I, I don't know, so somebody will, like... Say something within the game to progress, like um, to talk about something that some talk about something that's either happened that's relevant to what's going on, or talk about what's going on now, or talk about something that's going on in the in the future. So, like the whole Ragnarok is coming sort of thing. And with this particular gameplay piece that I've just brought up, as well as a few others, you go around the side, you take care of the enemy, and you come back. But there's no sort of interesting dialogue. It was just a block there that sort of okay. You're ju- we're just putting this here to make you spend five minutes, or maybe not five minutes, a couple of minutes to go around the side of this thing, take care of it, come back, and then continue on what what you're doing. And there was a few too a few too many of them to a point where I thought, okay, you're kind of. I feel like this is just filler. Within the game. And that happened. Just just too many times. There's also some commentary. I've heard about this game. Which I agree with as well. Which kind of relates to this whole. The the video gamey side of stuff. Where you'll be doing a puzzle. And I really like the puzzles in this game. For the most part. And you'll be doing a puzzle. Or you'll be doing something. That will require Kratos to. Uh, move something or break something or there'll be like vines covering a crate that you need to open 
And you, you just you just have to pause yourself at certain points when you're playing this game. And think, Kratos is the god of war. This guy is incredibly strong. But yet, there's puzzles and boxes in this game. And again, I liked the, the puzzle solving for the most part. But there's puzzles and boxes and stuff in this game where it's like, oh, there's a few vines covering it. Oh, now you need to put, like, elements together and, like, do this whole big fire thing or ring three bells so that the vines will come off. you telling me Kratos can't just rip the vines off? He's the god of war. Or just, he doesn't even need to do that. Just pull, just, just like, rip the box apart and just take what you need from it. And that happened a lot of times in this game. Or there'll be something like a, like a gate that's in his way and, like... You can't lift. You can't lift some gates, but you can lift others. And it's like, why can't Kratos lift this metal gate? Like, really? Or destroy the structure around it? I mean, you you're smashing because you've got those like wooden boxes in this game. You smash through those, so Kratos isn't afraid of like breaking and smashing things to get items. And it's like, why? Why is? It, I guess just like that, there were certain points in this game where I did enjoy the puzzle solving to where like the new climbing mechanics came into play, and those are very good. But there was just certain parts where I was like, okay, you're you're just doing a video gamey type of obstacle just so I spend more time on this area. Um, and it's like, what? Why? Why are you putting this game? This game is big enough. This game is big enough. There's the stories long enough. There's plenty of great side quests. There's enough boxes and stuff. You don't need to add to that more by having me spend five minutes going around the corner to kill an enemy to clear an elevator, or to have me figure out, um, uh, like finding the symbols to break open a box. Um, and some of the, um, some of the, because there's different type. there's, di there's like different types of, um, of the lettered boxes that you open. And what I mean is where, where you've got like one of those boxes, it's got like three letters on it and you ding three bells or you change three towers or, or whatever. I don't mind those. I don't mind the mechanic of that, but it's just like, why, why can't Kratos just break this box open? Or, or like, I don't know. Like he's the god of war. <laughs> um, like I understand. Like if you look at PlayStation's other characters, like Sackboy or Ellie or Joel or Nathan Drake, or some of the like human characters that they've got. Like if if you were to put Ellie or Joel or Nathan Drake into this world, I don't expect them to be able to smash boxes open. But that is where. Um, I more expect that sort of puzzle solving stuff because this game's got an interesting balance with like massive massive spectacle type of fights where like Kratos is jumping all over trolls um, and, and like cutting them to pieces and smashing them and you know like fighting Valkyries and fighting like all, all these different gods um, but you can't break open a box so, yeah. But it's like there's just I don't know. There was there was too much of that in the game. I thought, and it just whether I was doing a side quest or a um 
main story thing. I was like, I just want to, I just want to travel with through the world with the companion, hear the interesting stories, and get to the next point. Um, so there's that. Uh, speaking of Kratos himself, one thing um, I have talked about before is with, with 2018's God of War, I felt like Kratos was too slow. And there's, I, I get the sense that there's this idea with the gameplay of, okay, Kratos is getting really old. He's not as fast as he used to be. This is a Kratos that relies more on experience than um, speed. Still got some of his strength, but one that more relies on, you know, strength and experience. But that doesn't really translate that well into the gameplay stuff. And there's still the quite annoying mechanic within the gameplay where, like, you've got really low health. You see a health pack, a health bubble thing, spot, whatever it's called. And you have to very specifically stand right over the top of it and press a button and, like... The awkwardness that that brings with the gameplay, um, says that type of stuff. There was also just a number of times in, in, in the gameplay where I'd be trying to build up a combo or do a combo. Or like, um, one of the more charged attacks. And I'd get shot with a little arrow or something. And it would like completely knock Kratos and stun him and like... I don't know, there's, when you can pull off the gameplay stuff with like combos and like building a particular, getting a particular build, it works alright. But, I don't know, there's something about about the way that Kratos, Kratos fights with his lack of speed and everything else that it just, it doesn't quite translate that well to... How the game kind of wants you to play. Which is to build up combos and use lots of different stuff. I mean there's literally a thing within the skill tree. Where you unlock a skill. And it's as if you use this like a certain amount of times. Um, you can then inspect it. And have that specific attack. Because you've used it so many times. Have that specific attack create more stun. Or elemental damage. Or protection. Or... Um, at runic attack or whatever, and you can tailor your gameplay that way. Um, so you kind of got that going on as well, but I don't know. Um, there were there were just certain elements where the gameplay didn't click together for me. Um, and it just it just did it didn't go very sort of smoothly. I don't know. It just didn't like all click together. And there were certain moments where I would pull off a combo, like every. Uh, I was going to say 1 out of 10 but that's too rare every sort of like 4 out of 10 attempts I would actually pull off a combo and I'd be like oh this is really good and then I would like not be able to quite do it again because um, you can kind of see how this game wants you to play but Kratos is like almost just too slow in certain spots to be able to pull it off um, so I don't know it just the, the game the actual combat it worked sort of 50-50 for me, but just not quite consistently good enough. It also didn't just didn't really feel as engaging as it maybe should have. Um, so there's that. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um, in terms of the spoiler-free section, because I was going to talk about structure and pacing. I do think this game is too long. Um... 
there's a certain part within the structure of this game because it it is all one shot again i i think just like the 2018 game was but they surprisingly and i thought the structure of the first game from what i remember was pretty good was pretty good um and even because there's there's one point there's one element where i think the structure does work pretty well and another where i don't think it does um, I can't quite go into the one where I don't think it does because, again, there's the spoilery stuff. The way that this game particularly, um, it starts to not work quite so well towards the end. But like first half of this game, the way that this game encourages you to um, explore side quests or somebody will mention something and like, hey, can we go off and explore this area? Um, or like, it, it, sort, it sort of becomes this thing because... This is sort of like a, it is an open world game at points, but it's also very linear at points, so it's like a semi-open world. But, um, at the, at the beginning where it would be like, hey, we can go and check this thing out or do this thing. And the way that this game makes certain side quests feel like, feel like they're not just, I don't know, just dots on a map or whatever, I think is quite good. And the way the characters sort of, transition themselves into the side quest i think is is pretty good um the problem with that element later on once once, when the story builds up to like its end game type points is for me at that point i was like i just want to this story is really building up some big momentum i just want to see it through to the end instead of being like oh i'm playing as kratos oh ragnarok is coming don't worry i'm just going to go and open these chests like it just it like and i still kept opening some chests but there were still characters coming up to Kratos, be like, "Hey, can you do this? Can you do that?" And it's like, "Well, Ragnarok is almost here, or Ragnarok is on the way, or whatever." Um, that's another part where, like, later on in the in in the game with side quests, um, and during yeah, d- during most of the later parts in the game, where it becomes a sort of character bothers you for a favor, and sometimes you look at the way that that comes up later on in the game and it's like i'm the god of war like can't you do any of these things for yourself and i get it i'm playing as kratos they want you as a player to engage with the side quests and i did in the first half of the game but not in the second half of the game but one of the reasons i stopped bothering with the side quests in the second half of the game um was just okay this story is really building up um, and I want to just I want to keep them that momentum going and see it through to the end. So it it worked about half and half. Um, again, this is kind of where the whole don't skip recommendation type thing comes in, which was like, hey, I have some issues with this game. Some stuff worked, some stuff some stuff didn't. But overall, I recommend it. I will say for those of you who haven't played the game, if you if or when or whatever you start playing this game, and you get into the game a lot more than what I did. There's a lot for you to do in this game. Like, if if this is a game where, like, I really want to treasure every moment and play everything and do everything, there's quite a lot for you to do in this game, even in, like, the post-game stuff. There's there's quite a lot here. So if you're somebody, I don't know, maybe you're on a bit of a tighter budget or you haven't got as much time to play games or whatever, if this is a case where, like, you're looking for that one game where you're going to spend a lot of time in and really engross yourself in, in, the, in the whole world... There's a lot for you to do here. So I, in terms of, again, the don't skip recommendation in terms of recommending this game, that's another element where, even though that that, that specific part's not for me because I've, I finished with the game, 
if you get more attached to this world than what I did and really engrossed in it and everything, there's more for you to do here than what I ended up doing. So if you want a game that's like um uh the the pound for pound worth with sort of uh quantity, um that's definitely here, I think, certainly. But I just I just sort of tuned out of, of that a little bit and just kind of continued with the main story. So um so there's there's that part of it. Uh, in terms of the characters and stuff, um, I said this on, on Twitter and I think I said it on a podcast or, or something like that. Um, and I also tweeted the, the actress uh, who who voices and obviously performs as Freya. There's a particular thing that happens in this story with Freya, I cannot really give much context, that made her one of my favourite characters in games. And it wasn't just um, that thing they do with her in the story that like boosted her up and then that was it it was how they continued with her character afterwards and i think she goes on a very very interesting journey in terms of like the the, the journeys of these characters i think she, she her and um maybe sindri went on some of the more interesting ones it, it's funny because obviously that the main two characters are still kratos and atreus or the, the you know the boy um I kind of didn't really, I didn't really connect, even through 2018's game and this game, I never properly was like, I deeply care about Kratos or Atreus, I I never quite got there, Um, in fact there was something in this game that made me a bit more detached from Atreus, but I can't speak about what that is until the spoiler section, Um, but... Yeah, I actually kind of I I don't know if I I don't know if I'd say the main two are the least interesting, but what well, one of the, the the Kratos problem comes up again in this game, and there's actually because he he uh, um how do I explain how I feel about Kratos? Because Atreus I think is fine. He he's a fine character that goes on a decently interesting journey in this game, which is serviced by the other characters around both of them. With Kratos, he is an iconic PlayStation character, and he's been through a lot, obviously. But, and there's there's a character, I'm not going to say who it is, there's a character that you're travelling with at a certain point in this game, and they say something to Kratos, and he does one of his grunts. And the character literally says in response to him, am I, am I supposed to decipher, obviously that's the type of language that they use, am I to decipher your grunts? And I was like, thank you, someone finally said it. Um, it's a bit of the same thing with sort of like Daryl from Walking Dead. I, I, I think those, those two characters, even though one's a god and one's, you know, a, a guy surviving in a post-apocalyptic world. Daryl and Kratos, I think, have a lot of similarities between them. They're very closed off. They don't speak a lot, but when they do, they have a decent amount to say, or very little, sometimes. But, um, and they're both characters, you know, Daryl's been in, you know, the 11 seasons of Walking Dead, and he's getting a spin-off, and Kratos has been in games since, what, the PS2? Because um, even though you can start from 2018's God of War, um, and that's like a good jumping on point obviously leading into this game Ragnarok they do very much keep the canon and the history of the previous games which I think is good so it's not really a reboot it's what I call a revival 
So both characters, Daryl and Kratos, have been around a long time. They've seen a lot of stuff, they've been through a lot of stuff, they've, they've lived through a lot of things and, and all that type of thing. But they just close themselves off too much as characters. Um, obviously in The Walking Dead, Daryl's character functions differently to what Kratos' does. And obviously one's a TV show, one's a game. So you, you've got differences between the two mediums, the two characters. Um, but those types of characters, I can't really think of many others other than Daryl and maybe Kratos. Um, they don't, they're not really quite my cup of tea. Um, Daryl's cool. I, I like Daryl. Kratos is cool, I guess. I, I kind of like him. He's, he's alright. I like Daryl more than Kratos, but, um, they're, they're both good and bad at some of the same stuff, which Kratos is good at, you know, protecting people that he loves or himself. Uh, or and and himself, <clears throat> and trying to do the right thing, trying to win the war, beating up the big bad things in the games, and you know being very strong and powerful and being a god. Daryl's similar in a certain way, where it's like he's a very good fighter. He's known in the show for being a good tracker. He cares about the people around him. He cares about himself. Um, so there's some similarities between the two of them. I never quite thought I'd sit here, be, be sitting there comparing Daryl and Kratos together. But they've, they've got a lot of similarities between them. Um, but there's there's a point with characters like that. That you need to have that that push point. That sort of... Not make them sort of sit down for 30 minutes and talk about all their thoughts and feelings. But like... Just, just push them past the boundary a little bit more. Push them past the sort of... I don't know, that, that, it almost feels like, when you've got a character like that, who you've had for so long, that there's sort of, there's a blocking point with those characters, where you can only develop them so much, and bo both of them reached that block point a long time ago, um, and neither character really managed to sort of progress themselves further past that. And have sort of, not stagnated, but sort of peaked as characters, I think. Like, I don't really, unless you choose to open them up more as characters, I don't know where you go with them individually as characters, both of them. So, um, that's that's my explanation of that. But Kratos is, is fine. Um, he's not my particular cup of tea as a character. He's not a bad character. He's, he's, he's fine. Do I like him? I guess so. I, I, I guess I, I like him. I don't dislike him. So I guess the other logical thing is that I like him. But I don't, you know, love Kratos. I don't really like love Atreus either. But um, they're both fine characters. Um, although Atreus is a lot more, like, open. He's not that same type of character as what Kratos is particularly. So um, what else do I need to talk about? Um, some of the new combat stuff was, was pretty good. There were some good combos that you can do that did evolve this game. And one thing, the one thing over the last, let's say, year or two I've been saying about games is we're now in this period, right? We've been in this period for two years where the PS5 is here, the Xbox Series X is here. Obviously, PC is going to be the, you know, PC games. Um, now that we're in a next generation, PS5, Xbox Series X... The games that are going to be coming out on it, and obviously you've got, you know, Ragnarok is a PS4 game still. Games need to find ways to still do good good with what they're normally doing. You know, your basic sort of like, you know, good characters, good story, good gameplay, good graphics, good sound design, all that type of stuff. But find ways to, find ways within the individual game, so God of War Ragnarok in this case, 
to look at the game and think, okay, when we made our previous game, which was 2018's God of War, what was good, what was bad, and what can we put in this game to add new features, add new combat or traversal or whatever it may be, to push the game forward in its sequel. God of War uh, Ragnarok does do that. Um, I th- I think in terms of that's a very specific element. I think God of War Ragnarok does that better than what Horizon was it called Forbidden West. Forbidden West does. Forbidden West did that okay, but not quite as much as it could have. Because um, with this, you've got some. I'll just say some different ways to use weapons, um, which I quite like. There's like more open areas that you can use. Uh, different. You, know, you can use like the environment for different kills. You can climb up to different platforms, you can use like slamming attacks, you can pull enemies off the walls, um, you can use all, all, all sorts of different attacks, which is, which is good. I myself didn't quite take full advantage of that, but that's on me. That that's the, the, the game, Just because the game put the ideas or all the functions in there, I, I didn't quite always take full advantage of like everything in there, but that's on me. The game put the stuff in there, I just didn't quite use all of it. Um, but that's, at points I, I, I did, and at other points, um, you know, battles can be kind of frantic and all that sort of stuff, but, um, it was, I, I thought it did that specific thing very well, which particularly with sequels, I think is something that you should aim to do. And again, when you go back to the developer video with the 10 minute thing, when they said, hey, we took feedback about like having the enemies be too similar and we put some different enemies in so you get different gameplay opportunities we added some different executions all that was great i love what they did with the with the different executions um had different animations different types of interactivity because that's the other two things i've been saying about games recently is i want different animations like different variety of animations and different ways to interact with the game in terms of the interactivity with this game that wasn't quite as pushed forward as maybe it could have been in terms of the, in terms of the combat in terms of the traversal it was because there was some new traversal options which was very good which obviously brought new animations with it uh the combat did do some good stuff with the animations there's like different types of executions um there is different varieties of enemies so obviously they're going to look and, and and respond differently so in terms of all those things i do think the gameplay did very well it's just held back by um well, not held back. It, it's just slightly hindered by how Kratos is, but I've already talked about all that. So there's that part of it. Um, so it, it it did a good job in terms of that. If it had not done a good job in terms of that, and it had just been, I don't like to use the word lazy because game development is very hard from what we've all heard and, and read. I would have probably lowered my score for this game. My actual score for this game, I'd probably go with... Um, so I still go with my don't skip rating, but I'd probably give this on a different day. I'd give an eight. On a different day, I'd give a seven. That's what that's about where I'm sitting. Um, I would go with a seven, I think, out of ten, which is still good. It, it's a bit misinterpreted these days as to like, oh, a game gets a seven out of ten, it must be must be bad. No, a seven is a to me seven. If I look at a seven out of ten for for a game or a film or a show, that means it's good recommended good um you know not not every single thing we we want more things to be you know nines and tens and you know out of ten but not everything is going to but it's okay 
um, not too regularly, but every now and then to come across a, a 7 out of 10 type of game. But okay, that was good. Yeah, it was alright. It was good. A, a good time. It wasn't bad. Could have improved in certain areas, but it wasn't bad. Because um, yeah, I've, I've seen like, you know, I've seen the last couple of days, we had like the Callisto Protocol reviews. Some outlets gave it like a 7, and there's people being like, oh, 7, that must mean it's bad. No, a, a 3 or a 4 out of 10 is bad. Not a 7. <laughs> so uh, that's that's how I look at that. Uh, is there anything else I need to talk about in the spoiler-free section here? Because um, knowing me, I'll probably uh, go past the spoiler-free section and then remember something else later on. But now I talked about my thoughts on the gameplay. I thought the traversal was uh, good and had some new ideas, which was cool. Um, talked about some of the characters. So, so, so some of my favourite characters. Mimir is very good for comic relief. And uh, it gets a bit more depth in this game, which is good. Kratos and Atreus, I've already told you how I feel about those. Freya, Freya is my favourite character in this game. Um, Sindri is cool, obviously he's got his, you know, brotherly thing with, with Brock. That's very good as well. Um, who else is good? Thor and Odin are, are very good as well. I really like that those those characters. Um, and they were just in the story, you know, enough and, and that type of stuff. So, so they were very good. Uh, obviously a different interpretation of uh, Thor as opposed to the MCU version, which we're all used to. Um, but no, most of those characters were pretty good. There, there, there was a, Most of the characters were pretty good, but the standout ones for me is probably Sindri and Brock, um, Freya, and Mimir, I think. Um, there may be one or two other side characters that were pretty good, but those are the sort of four standout characters to me. Um, oh, can't remember her name, but the the woman that uh, Atreus meets later on in the game, she's in her own thing. Uh, I can't remember her particular name, but she she was she was kind of cool. wasn't in the game as much as I maybe would have liked, but she was a uh, she brought literally a different dimension sort of thing um, within this game, which was which was quite cool. So she was a uh, she was quite good. Um, Anyway, that is my spoiler-free thoughts on God of War Ragnarok. I thought it was good. I just about liked it. Had some new ideas which worked. Had some things that hindered it, I thought. Um, is this the worst game I've ever played? No. Is this the best game I've ever played? No. Um, will this be somewhere on my Game of the Year list? I think it will be somewhere in there, yeah. Um, but we'll see uh, where this franchise goes in the future. Because, again, in terms of Kratos himself... I don't really know where you take him next. I don't, I don't really know. So, anyway, that's it for the spoiler-free section. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in a minute for the... Uh, actually, before we get to the spoiler section, just in case you don't want to join me for that, which is understandable, uh, you can find the rest of our content on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcasts, uh, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, all that type of stuff. Um, if you have or haven't played God of War Ragnarok, let me know your thoughts on anything I've said or your own counterpoint or whatever. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, the contact page and information in your show notes, uh, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes. Um, Alright, with that out of the way, uh, let's take a break and then we'll go into the spoiler section. See you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website. 
uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk e-t-a-l-k-u-k you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, it's time for spoilers. If you've not played God of War Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok, the 2022 sequel to the 2018 game. Uh, if you are not bothered by hearing spoilers, or you've already played the game, um, then this section is for you. I don't like to tell my audience to go away, but um, of course if you haven't played God of War Ragnarok... Um, yeah, that would be the only reason, really. Uh, if, you, if you haven't played God of War Ragnarok, or you don't want to be spoiled on what happens in this game, I don't want you to leave, but this will be the ideal time for you to do so, if you don't want to be spoiled on the events of God of War Ragnarok, because this is the spoiler section. So I'm going to give you a minute. You might be driving, you might be holding something, bags are shopping, you might be washing up, and your hands might be wet. There's all types of reasons why you might not be able to hit that pause button just now. So if you take your earphones out or press pause, turn your volume all the way down, click off the podcast, go and listen to another one of our episodes or do whatever you need to do because I'm going to get into spoilers now. Okay, so they tried to put a Last of Us 2 and it really didn't work. <laughs> um, so this is me, I'm going to get into the Atreus um, playable section part. And talk about how <clears throat> the structural attempt at telling this story. Because the first game is also a one-shot take. And so is this one. 
The difference is here is you're cutting between with fancy camera tricks to keep the camera rolling, cutting between Kratos and Atreus. Now, what I'm about to say about Atreus is not because of who he is as a character, but I absolutely hated playing as him. Um, from a gameplay standpoint, I thought like you know, trying to you know pr progress him as a character, I understood that that that, that was fine. Um, the things, the, the story and plot and character progression that happens in Atreus's sections were, were perfectly fine. I did not like playing as him at all. Um, and it just, I, did, I just preferred playing, I know I said that Kratos has got his own problems in terms of gameplay, but I just wanted the axe back and to, to play as Kratos and to, and to continue with that. Um, for those of you not familiar with Last of Us 2, um, there is a, there is split sections in that game where you do play as another character. The difference here is that the reason that you play as someone else in a certain part of Last of Us Part 2 is to get you to understand that character's motivations and it works very very well that's just my opinion it works very very well the function and context with how you play as Atreus or why you play as Atreus is not done for the same reason it's not done so that you can understand well it's somewhat done so that you can understand some of his motivations but not for the same reason as to what you do in The Last of Us Part 2 um I'm glad that, I mean, I'm sort of wondering because there were parts where I was like, oh good, I'm back as Kratos. Oh no, I've gone over to Atreus. Oh good, I'm back as Kratos. And I don't know if I would have preferred all the Atreus stuff in one go and then back to Kratos. But then I don't know how you would have completely put that together. But the jumping back and forth and the, oh my god, the sections with the mask. A again, it's that part where... Like, again, I, I know in terms of him as a god, Atreus isn't quite where Thor or, you know, um, Kratos is. But, uh, again, that, like, it was just, that there was parts of that that, again, I thought were the, the video gamey fella type of thing. Where I was like, oh, the mask is through this part. Hey, Thor, can you break open this thing? He grunts and he's annoyed and whatever. Um, Ryan Hurst did a really, really good performance as him, by the way. You go through it. You take out a bunch of enemies. Thor is uh, playful in terms of if he wants to help you or if he's bothered in helping you. And then you break through another barrier and then you do it again. And then you kill another bunch of enemies and then you get the mask out and then you look around. And then you break through another area and then you do it again. Um, and it was just, like, really? Um, you're, why are you getting me to, like, do so many parts to this? Um, it wasn't until the part where you look for the final piece of the mask. Not the, not the failed attempt where you unleash the, that beast, but, um, when you go back, like, the, the last, last attempt, when you're in the defrosted area... Um, I can't. I can't remember the name of the realms. N not Helheim. The, the the not um, not Helheim. The other one. Um, the the frosted area, and then the story actually progresses a bit more between, or the the dialogue progresses a bit more between 
Atreus and Thor. Um, if you'd have kind of just had that one section, <laughs> it would have been would have been fine. Um, I just did not like playing as Atreus at all. I really, really didn't. Um, his like there's there's something like annoying and off-putting when you see a character who's an archer right this happened this happens in arrow the tv show as well it doesn't happen in horizon because she's at least got a spear where you're whacking and i get that this is a different type of bow obviously compared to like aloys and and uh, oliver queens in in arrow but I just, from a gameplay standpoint, I really just don't like whacking an enemy with a with a bow and arrow. See, it's it's different when you're uh, playing as Kratos and you've got a trace with you, because you're the one who's can do like you've got an axe, which is good for both long range and close range combat because you can throw it. But and then you've got a trace who can shoot his arrows, and he's a side character because you're playing as Kratos. It just didn't work the, the other way around for me. Um, also, just I, I don't like any of his skills that he can do, or I, I, I just did not like playing as him from a gameplay perspective. I really, really didn't. And as they kept going back and forth, because I was like, okay, wh- when's the last time going to be where I'm going to play as Atreus? I can't remember, actually, remember, I think it was the. Um, I think it was when you were with Thor, wasn't it? And, and he, like, turns against you and all that type of stuff. Um. So that was I, I, that was that was my those are my least favorite sections of the game. Um, when he's with that other woman whose name I'm not remembering, the the one who's in her own sort of realm and whatever, I thought that was quite good. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was that was pretty good. And she came back at the end, and and that that was that was quite good. Um, but no, I did not like playing as a traitor at all. Um, and. Like I switched over to him, it's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I, I'm very like, I get a bit sort of, I don't know, because even in even in the Last of Us Two, when you switch over to that character for the first time, uh, or for the the bigger portion of that game, I was like, hang on a minute, where are you going with this? But that just grew and grew and grew on me because of what they were doing there. But again, different story, different character motivations, different context. Um, and I ended up loving that character from The Last of Us uh, too, but it just—I don't know. Now I'm—I'm I'm somebody who's a big fan of passing the torch in stories, whether it be—it doesn't have to be from an adult character passing the torch to their children. It doesn't have to be like that. You can think of this in the same way as like with the MCU, like with um, Cap passing the uh, what's his name. Steve passing the shield to, to Sam. It's not his family member. They're not related. They're friends. And he passes the shield on to Falcon. And then you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, sorry, pass yeah, pass it to, to um, Sam Wilson, the Falcon. And then you have the TV show Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which further establishes that character. So it doesn't always have to be someone's brother, like someone's younger brother or somebody's son or somebody's daughter. It doesn't have to be that every single time. But that's a, that's an example of like passing the torch. I was kind of wondering, like, okay, is this a passing the torch thing? But 
within where God of War's story was, I don't feel like Atreus was ready for that step because I the, the game wasn't done with Atreus as a character. Now, going back to my Arrow example in in, in a different sense, they were going to do a show called Green Arrow and the Canaries, um, which would have been about Oliver Queen passing the mantle of Green Arrow or Arrow onto Mia Smoke, who is his daughter, because he's getting older and he's retiring and all that type of stuff. And that was going to be great. And obviously, they cancelled the the follow up show. Um, and there was a, there was the literally the group of the the Green Arrow and the Canaries, and they'd established the group within the final season, and they were going to pass the torch. And they also had Oliver's um, son called William. He played like the tech sort of role in the team, and Mia was going to be the the Arrow, and that worked really well. I just don't think because I started to think to myself while playing this game, like, okay, are you gonna like kill Kratos? I don't even know how you would do that or what that would look like. And have it so that you play as Atreus for like, I don't know, the last section of the game. And it didn't do that, Kratos does survive the game. Because I was kind of thinking like, from a sales point, if you killed Kratos off, and obviously they didn't do this. But if you, because they were leaning a bit into the whole pass the torch thing, right? That's what the whole, he's been training his son and all this type of thing. Um... Would you have, like, a God of War game with Atreus on the front cover? Like, I, I just don't think... I also don't think Atreus has got the same commercial appeal as what Kratos does. Um, but again, they they didn't do that yet. So, And we don't know... Because this is supposed to wrap up the North... North? Norse um, mythology saga. Although it kind of doesn't because there's the whole Sindri thing that's still going on. And Freya wants to explore stuff and all that type of thing. So... I don't know, I don't really know where they're going with this and like when we'll get another God of War game or if we'll do DLC or I I, I don't know. So I was trying to line that up with like what this game is trying to tell me in terms of okay you're getting me to play as Atreus in this game which you didn't do in the last one. Are you doing a Pass the Torch? And they didn't but they could do so. Um, that, was, that, that was an odd choice I thought. Um, so yeah. I thought that was yeah not not a great choice. Uh, what other spoilery stuff can I can I talk about? Um, by the way, the the thing I was referencing earlier when I said about where the lift gets blocked, that was the bit with Brock, where you go to get the spear. Because um, I also mentioned like other new gameplay stuff, uh, and as much as I didn't really gravitate towards the spear, it was a new, cool, interesting gameplay addition. I just prefer the axe because who doesn't love the Leviathan axe? Um, it was that bit in the game where because I didn't mind the water puzzle solving bit for that part. That was that was all right, and that wasn't really like a. It was a block, but not in the same way. But this whole like, oh, we can't progress with the the lift because it's stuck with a nest of those eyeball things that fly around. So let's walk all the way around the side, not progress any story or characters, or have them talk about anything really spend a couple of minutes cutting them just to walk all the way back around to the exact same spot so we can progress forward. Um that that was I, I think I'd know I'd noticed the video gamey stuff before that, but that was when it was like, okay, this is just getting a bit getting a bit silly with with that. Um so yeah. I just like I dunno. It's like should should the God of War be needing to do this stuff? Do do you do you really want to put this type of thing in a game about a god of war um i don't know it 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 just didn't really 
didn't work for me. Didn't didn't really work for me quite so much. Some of the puzzles I enjoyed. Some of them I thought were just gameplay blocks um, that didn't need to be there. What I guess I'm saying is, you could have kept seventy to eighty percent of them and just taken out some of the rest of them, because some of them and there was a few too many of them. Some of them just didn't need to be there. Um, because again, I li- I like the game structure in t- with the better puzzles. Where characters are talking about something important as you're figuring out a fun puzzle. But that example with Brock was the total opposite. Where it was just there to make you do, make you do something else before you literally travel up to the top of the thing. So, I uh, I, I didn't like that. So, um, should probably talk about some story spoiler stuff then. Uh, so, Brock does die, which was, which was a shame. Tia ended up being... Uh, traitor, um, who was working for Odin. Um, Odin's story I thought was alright. Thor's I I thought was quite good. I liked the uh, character of Heimdall, where that ended up, especially with the boss fight. I I really enjoyed that boss fight. That was quite good. And trying to figure out like, um, because what it is from my my understanding of Heimdall, um, he knows what he can read what you're gonna do before you can do it, but he didn't know that the spears could explode. I, I suppose that was because you you throw them at him, don't you? And he's like, "Oh, I'm just going to catch these because what are these?" But doesn't know that they're going to explode. And then, um, because he can predict, I think it was he can predict, or he he'll know what you're physically going to do, but not the mechanics of a weapon. I think. Um, so he wouldn't. He would be able to predict, like, okay, Kratos is wielding a, a spear, he's going to throw it at me, I'm going to catch it and take the mick out of him, but I don't know that these spears are going to explode, he's going to slam on the ground and they're going to explode. That's That was my understanding of that. Um, but I thought overall that boss fight was, was very, very good, and how it tied into the narrative of, like, Heimdall's thoughts on Atreus, and obviously getting Kratos angry, and um, Amir's back and forth with that, I thought that was really good. Um, the th- the tooth fights with Thor I thought were very good uh, the first one obviously wants to unleash the god of war I thought that was great uh, I thought the meeting at the home at the home at the the house with, with Odin was pretty good uh, I found Odin to be quite a good character and Thor as well um thought that was good I thought the Ragnarok stuff was fine um I almost forgot that Ragnarok was showing up in the battle until he actually did but um Ragnarok was was there so that was good. Um, should probably talk about Freya's character, shouldn't I? I talked about like she became one of my more favourite characters. So why is that? Um, so Freya's journey I found to be the most interesting in this game. <clears throat> Obviously, you start out the game and literally the opening sort of what ten minutes or whatever, you are fighting her, and Kratos's approach is, um, I don't want war. I don't want to fight. He he wants to kind of just sit at home and just peace out from everything. But he knows deep down he can't do that. Obviously that gets resolved later on. His whole thing is I want to go home. Try to avoid Freya. And I, I don't want to fight her. I don't want to kill her. I don't want to you know beat her or whatever. But he understands what he did was not obviously in Freya's best interest. Which was killing uh, Boulder, her son. She's understandably annoyed at that. Um, And you can understand it from both sides, right? You can understand, okay, why Kratos had to kill Boulder, but you can understand with Freya as to why she didn't want that to happen. 
And then it becomes a thing of like, okay, is Freya going to become one of the main bosses? What about Thor and Odin? We know that they're in this game. Uh, and then you do the Valkyrie fight. I thought that Valkyrie fight was, was quite good. And then uh, hesitates for a moment and realises, oh, this Valkyrie is is Freya. And she realises, <clears throat> she realises, okay, I need to put my differences aside because of what Odin's doing and because Ragnarok is coming, etc, etc. Um, and then you do that. It's interesting because it's in a side quest. You, from what I understand, you can end up missing that side quest, but I didn't. Um, it's when you're in the the boat river sections, which, by the way, I really enjoyed uh, traversing around in the boat. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and mechanically and haptic feedback, it worked really well and everything. So um, that makes me realise I haven't mentioned haptic feedback once. I, I I have a reason as to why, but I'll I'll mention that in a second. Um, so she goes to where her wedding was because she wants to basically pull there's like a thing that had loads of things tied up to it I can't remember exactly what it was called she needs to pull that out of whatever it was because it's it's uh, affecting her didn't understand the full mechanics but I understood the I understood what she was doing but not the full mechanics of it because obviously it's very Norse mythology and, and all that type of stuff but I understood like okay there, there's something that's holding her back she needs to get rid of something to free herself from it. Okay, got it. Um, and then you go on that journey with her. And it's interesting how the like the dialogue starts to change and the conversations between them. Because when you start going on this journey as uh, Kratos and you've got Freya with you as a companion. It's like, oh wow, she's a companion. And then you get like a skill tree for her and all this type of stuff. It's very cool. Um, and then um, even as you're doing like... Not the puzzle solving, the, the more sort of like traversal puzzle solving so that you can like open up areas to progress. Um, she's giving, even when it's simple things of like, oh, you can shoot this or you can do this to progress and that. It was very like, like, okay, they knew that they needed each other right then and there. But she was still like, oh, you you know, you can, you can do it. She, she phrased it in a, in a kind of an interesting way. Um... I thought that was that was pretty good, and then you fight this massive beast thing, and I like. Uh, there's ultimately the moment with the story, obviously where she she pulls the thing out, whatever it was, um, gets that sword out, which initially she can't pull out or whatever. She can't pull the sword out, and then she does, and uh, it's like a gift from Odin on uh, Odin on her uh, wedding day, um, and then has this the, the really defining moment with Kratos. Where he's like, hey, I, I know I just did this thing with you, but if you still want to kill me, I understand, I, I, I'm right here kind of thing. And she's wielding her sword, and she's got a choice to make, and decides to forgive Kratos, well kind of forgive Kratos, or be on his side sort of thing. Um, and it's like, no, I need to, I know I need to put this past me, and you, you've helped me like unburden myself from this you know this this thing that she was doing and says that like his debt is sort of paid from that and I thought that was just all of that culminated in just like I don't know where she is with Kratos at the end of the last game and start of this game which is like I want you dead and then you go on this journey with her and you you know kill enemies with her and you she ends up becoming a, a companion and they have so much interesting dialogue between the two of them and um, they talk about Boulder and the way Kratos handled it was was really good. Um, 
and you know the, 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 the way that Freya herself handled it was was really great um and then just culminates in this in this moment of of her choice um and then they they agree that they can kind of trust each other again i i thought it was a really really well told story from her and um i don't know i i, I just connected with it a lot but i connected with it a bit more because un- unlike kratos and atreus she's one of the more emotive characters in the game but it gives her a better and more interesting personality than those two and it made her a more interesting character and she had this whole arc um which by the way if you if you obviously in the spoiler section here with me if you never did that side quest please go and play that side quest i'm, I'm assuming you can do that after the game is finished but um yeah i i thought that was i thought that was really really good um and became one of my favorite female characters I don't know about the entirety of entertainment. There's a lot of characters out there, but certainly in terms of video games and with female characters, particularly, became one of my favorites. Became one of my favorites. I think. Um, I I would be interested if I don't know how it would all fully work and mechanically work and combat and that, but if you could play as Freya in like a future and like a DLC or, or something like that, um, what would actually be really interesting for the future of God of War? Um, because when you're doing sections of this game when you're in a pair, right, so either, one of the many pairs in this game, you never play as somebody alongside Kratos, but what I wouldn't mind for either the next game, again, I don't know what they're going to do next, either the next game or DLC or something is, um, more Kratos... And because Atreus kind of went off on his own anyway, he went off with that that woman that he met, didn't he? And you can kind of let that be its own thing. Because um, at at the end of the game, because um, if you want to traverse the open world, you've got Freya with you as a companion, obviously Mimir on your back, sort of, um, which I think is great. I'd love more stuff from that. But what I think would be really cool and really kind of interesting. What if you could play as somebody else with Kratos with you? And in that regard, I'd love to try... And again, could be an experimental type thing. If you could play as Freya with Kratos as your companion, I think that would be great. I think that would be something that you you could you could try. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would be that would be very good. Um, yeah, Brock's death I thought was, was a bit of a shocker. Um, I, I wouldn't call it like... Um, death for shock value, but it was the death that kicked off that last section of the game, so I thought they handled that pretty well. Um, one other thing I'd like to do as well in in like a future game or whatever is again play as Freya or Kratos with the two of them traveling together with Mamir, but go and see what Sindri's up to as well because I I'm I was invested in Sindri's uh, story. Especially in relation to Brock. I mean, is he going to try and do something in terms of, like, reviving him or, or whatever? I mean, dwarves... Those dwarves have a lot of magic and stuff, don't they? A lot of hidden uh, magical things. So, who knows? Maybe he tries to take him somewhere else and do something with him. Maybe Kratos and Freya get involved with that. That could be something I would be interested in and invested in. Um, so, with, with, with everything I've just said in terms of... Um, you know, what you could do for the future. I've not mentioned anything with Atreus. 
I don't know what you would do with Atreus now, because he has gone off a bit on his own. And not to say that you couldn't play other gameplay parts with him as your companion. I just don't want to play as Atreus again. Because um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Atreus and the, the woman that he meets. Um, their story. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Uh, but I don't want to play as Atreus. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't really know. I don't know where you really sort of go with that. Be in- it'd be interesting to see where they do go with this now from here. Because I, I think they did say recently there's no plans uh, for any DLC or anything. Um, and that's the Norse mythology saga wrapped up. Um, I'm just trying to see. Ah, damn. Alright, go to all Ragnarok. IMDB. I don't want to keep saying the woman that Atreus met. IMDB. Let's, let's, let's do this character a bit more justice and tell you what her name actually is. Um, Angra, Angra Boda. Angraboda Angra is, is the one that uh, he meets, voiced by Leia... Galeon Hayes. Because um, I've mentioned like everybody else's name. I don't want to keep calling her the woman that Atreus met. So, uh, Agraboda, I think her name is. Um, yeah, I, I liked her story. She she was very much still kind of a side character. Um, but one that was... One that made the Atreus parts a bit more interesting, I thought. Uh, but again, if you want to tell more stories with those two characters. Because they've gone off together. Um... Unless I try playing as her, because she's got some stuff she can do. I just don't want to play as Atreus. So, yeah. Anyway, um, been here for an hour. I've said most of the things I want to say. Um, my thoughts on the haptic feedback stuff. It was good. It was a lot of just thumps. Because <laughs> um, the, th- the thing that's supposed to separate haptic feedback from vibrations is... Feeling in your controller specific things as to what the character's doing. Or to like, a character touches something, or pulls something, or pushes something, or reloads a weapon, or uses a, opens a door, or I don't know, something like that. And even though it was very cool to like, you know, throw the axe, call it back, haptic feedback through the controller... Most of the rest of it was just when when I'm smashing stuff up as as Kratos, the controller is going boom, 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 and that was it. It didn't really. It was it was all right the haptic feedback with this game, but I suppose within the nature of what this game is and like the the big big set pieces, um, I mean you can kind of feel like you know the the, the ice. When you're traveling with the the, the the wolves or whatever they were, um, so that was kind of nice, but that was rare and a bit more subtle. But most of the things that you're doing in this game is either attacking an enemy, or breaking open a box, or jumping between something, and most of it was just bumps and bangs and whatever. So, in terms of haptic feedback. It was good for it was all right for what it was. It just didn't have a lot of depth to it. Um, for an example, like in Last of Us Part One, when you're reloading different guns for Joel, 
you can feel the different clicks and clacks of what he's doing. So, like, when you've got Joel's revolver in Last of Us Part 1, and he's tick, 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 putting the individual bullets into the thing, you can kind of feel that. Instead of it just being one big reload thing and you just feel a little bump in the controller, it was very specific little ticks and, like, you, you, can, you kind of felt it a bit more. Or when Joel, when Joel is using the um, fireler, thing and you're upgrading i think it's the same gun and he's like scraping it on you can feel that in the controller um that's the type of thing i'm talking about and there wasn't enough sort of differentiating sort of just different different feelings in the controller a lot of it was just bumps and bangs and whatever so i it it was fine it just wasn't the most impressive thing that haptic feedback has done but then again nothing's going to be astrobot in terms of that so there we go. Anyway, those are most of my thoughts, feelings, and everything else on God of War Ragnarok. I think I talked about pretty much everything. I've been talking for over an hour, so there we go. Again, if I have anything that I didn't mention, anything that I did that you've got uh, thoughts on, or your, your own thoughts and feelings on the game, please do let me know. If you do think this was like a 9 or a 10 out of 10 game of the year, greatest game on PlayStation, whatever, um, feel free to tell me. Feel free to tell me, um, but do tell me why you thought that was the case, uh, so we can have a discussion about that. Um, anyway, that's it for now. Thank you very much for listening. Again, like I said, you can find everything else that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. TV, games, films, main night podcast, take a look out for everything that we're doing. To support us in other ways, you can also tell uh, other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the every podcast review options have a look at that if, as well if you'd like to um tv and film news the geek town awards are now live and speaking of god of war ragnarok you can go and if you do think it's your game of the year it is available as a nomination for game of the year not for jeff keighley's game awards i'm talking about the geek town awards uh they are now live there's several different categories for tv games and films uh, most anticipated tv game and film for next year uh best tv show in different categories game of the year film of the year all that type of stuff if you're in if you're in the uk uh, you can go and vote and potentially win a, uh, it's not a cash prize, it's a, it's a prize of different goodies and things like that. Um, so go to Geektown, I think it's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. Just type in Geektown um, Awards and you should be able to find it on Google. Uh, go over there, fill out the information and whatnot and uh, select obviously different votes in different categories. And if you do want to go and vote for God of War Ragnarok, you can go and do that as well. Uh, but go over there and go and get your votes in because the Geektown Awards are live. And if you want to hear myself... Gray and David discussing the awards itself. The Geek Town Radio episode itself is live. So go and check out that. That's on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio on your favourite podcast platforms. Uh, so that's all of that. Um, Bex you can find over on Twitch. Uh, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming different um, chats, retro and game sort of streams. So check out what she's doing over there. Me, you can find me over on Twitch as well with Talk UK and uh, archived video game stuff basically over on YouTube at Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.